Hey girlies, welcome to the seventh episode of Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies, whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we are going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is normal person Susan Lang. Hi, Nor. I, I, oh my God, I almost said hi, normal. Oh my God. Um, hi, Susan. How- <laughs> hey, Normie. How's your How's your itty bitty piggy Friday going? Oh my, so good. Thank you for asking. I, I <laughs> fear. Do you know when you go down like a like a forty eight hour period of just listening to the same song? Oh yeah. And you're like, my Spotify rap is gonna be weird. Um. Yeah, I would never have thought that in the year 2021, Itty Bitty Piggy was going to probably be my most played song on Spotify this year. But well, it was, she'd been teasing new music all week. We are talking about Nicki Minaj, by the way, for the uninformed, and <laughs> should not be uninformed, but um, she's been teasing new music all week. And I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a new single or something. Like we're going to get Megatron part two or something. But no, it was like. I mean, Beam Me Up Scotty is such a formative text, I think, for, I mean, it is literally the Bible for barbs. Absolutely. In many ways. And I feel like for, for like literally 10 years at this point, I've been trying to search, I mean, specifically Eddie Bitty Piggy, but like many of those songs on Spotify being like, oh, right, it's not on Spotify. Not on Spotify. Like for the longest time, all you could do with Itty Bitty Piggy, if you did not download it, I think initially on Dat Piff was... There was that grainy, grainy music video that was like four <laughs> pixels of her just in a club. And the amount of charisma and star power in that video is just truly off the charts. Like, but you also kind of forget that a good 60% of that song is just her talking. Like it's not That's even rapping. Great. It's great. Fantastic. No one else could even approach that. Like no one else could try that and get away with it at all. And you know what I was thinking? I was like, I think one of my first, like earliest associations with this song, and this just kind of dates it, is after Obama won his second election. There is a video going around online of him like walking out of Air Force One being like, give it up. It's me. I win. <laughs> like, yeah, this feels right. Totally. Oh my God. I like, that is so, I mean, this is like, a, I guess a good um, sneak peek into what we're talking about later, but the idea of making an itty bitty piggy fan cam to like dunk on Mitt Romney is so perfectly 2012. I cannot even believe it. A little like, time capsule right there. Oh, such a time capsule. The other song that dropped today that also I have not stopped listening to is the new Olivia Rodrigo yes. song, which is definitely like, it's mining another thread of nostalgia in it's such a, a nice way. Punk. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. such, I've been in such a big Avril and Michelle Branch phase recently for oh, whatever yeah. reason. Like, it's just really, it's good, like spring music, like kind of like gentle guitars, like. I love all the vocals like the lyrics are so good too but like she I all three of those singles that she's dropped I thought have been excellent so far yeah and people will be like oh you know she's overhyped she's an industry plant whatever it's like no she's just really good and she has I think perfectly distilled the 
agony of being a 17 year old girl <laughs> into her music in like a like the first time I heard driver's license I was like oh my god being 16 is so hard it's so hard and but I also like that song is so theater kid like she is I think very famously a theater kid she's literally on high school musical right. the musical the musical, musical the show I don't know what's called actually but it's like it's cool that her second two singles have both been very deliberate alt rock throwbacks in a way like deja vu is very much not a theater kid song like this is a little bit like theater kid doing Haley williams but it's, i like that but i love it i mean i think so much of like emo and pop punk in general is rooted in theatrics like yeah. truly how could it not be like have you seen a panic at the disco album title but like it's <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really loving it. I'm really loving it. But yeah, good for her. Good for her. All right. I think it is time for our first segment. We are going to play Go Call the Governor. So I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And by ancient, I mean like two weeks ago. Okay. And you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers, but your choice is binary. So are you ready to play? I'm ready. Just to clarify, the governor is, well, actually, no, you know what? I want to fly blind. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I'll start off with an easy one so we can get this clarified. Demi Lovato will investigate UFOs in the new series for Peacock. Does the governor need to be called? No fucking way. Is that real? Yeah, it's it's unfortunately oh very God. real. I have to say that I have talked about Demi Lovato in some form or fashion, usually in relation to this segment, six out of seven episodes so far. She is a cultural cockroach. She like <laughs> just keeps crawling back. Um, oh my God. No, don't call the governor. I really want to see where this goes. Okay, Demi's gonna solve extraterrestrial light <laughs> i guess like it this show is called unidentified with demi lovato which i think is a perfect <laughs> title for this but it i think it does beg the question do you think that demi lovato is the one who should be making first contact with <laughs> oh my god can you imagine i mean yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think that she's pretty representative of the best and worst humanity has to offer. That's and we're not just like get it all out there. <laughs> like the aliens are going to love Cool for the Summer, but hate what she's done for like the LA Froyo scene. Ex exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wait. Okay, so she's identifying what? She's investigating you. Who <laughs> Yeah, she's working with experts from like Roswell and oh my God. I think they probably have like the same kind of like government adjacent quote unquote alien specialists that like do all these like history channel shows and sci-fi shows. To Who knew Demi Lovato had interest in the paranormal? This actually makes right. me more. It's definitely, it adds a little pepper to the stew for sure, but I'm like I don't know. I, I, I've really been vocal on this podcast that she needs to like not do things for a while because like she has had a very crazy public month and a half. Like it, literally since I started doing this podcast, she has just truly gotten in, into something every week. But at least this feels wholesome, but it's also kind of like a what the fuck. Well, the exactly. I think it's not 
helping or hurting her image it's just a real left turn and she was probably gonna do the same thing just at home if she were like taking some time off from work she's just now doing it on peacock hell yeah like i this is what's fun about being a celebrity is like i don't really want to be famous but if i was i could be like hey i really want to just like get high and and google ufos and make a show you can make a show about it and people will watch it and, it, and it's never been easier to do that they're just going right? to green light it all right let's move on to the second scenario himalayan salt lamps does the governor need to be called mm, that's a good one mm. no i don't think so i think they're harmless I think if you're the kind of person who wants to pay like $40 for a hunk of salt, like, like that's on you and leave the governor out of it. Yeah. I've never really, I've not dabbled in them myself just because I've heard, I have white side tables, which is a very me problem, but apparently they do leave like residue and stains. So that's the only reason I haven't done it. Have you ever like licked a salt lamp? I licked one? I don't know. No, there was this like one store near my house growing up that was very like you know had, I mean I grew Ooh. up in California so yeah right. <laughs> crystal and, like tarot cards and and Himalayan salt lamps and I always kind of wanted to lick one but it was like a pretty small store and I someone you goes, couldn't get away with it yeah no um have you licked one does it taste like salt I imagine it would well it, it sure does <laughs> um I have unfortunately <laughs> licked one not in a store I think that's that's when you call the governor on me is what I'm going to like yeah, at crystal okay. stores and licking the merchandise. But um, no, one of my one of my exes had was very into crystals and the culture surrounding it, and he had not one but two salt lamps, and I definitely licked at least one of them. Was worried about it, like mostly just because I didn't want to get electrocuted. <laughs> like they have like a little bulb in there, but. Um, no, it was definitely salty. I kind of want one, but they are like 60 pounds or not 60 pounds, $60, but they are very heavy as well. I want one because they look cool, but they, yeah, but they're too expensive. I don't know. I I feel like I've never gotten into crystals, but this might be the next logical step for me of like, I had a little astrology phase during the pandemic and I feel like crystals is probably what's next on the docket. So, you know, there's definitely like a progressive phase from astrology like I just got into really pretty into tarot at the top of the year and then I mean crystals could be my 2022 investment like my house is gonna look like Steven Universe so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I forgot about Steven Universe and it's all those like adult cartoons I kind of just miss the boat on like which is weird because like I think we all grew up with like Family Guy and South Park Simpsons like shit like that but like this like once it's like earnest and wholesome, I think everyone's like, that's for yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> that's not for me. That's true. I, I avoided it for years because it seemed so Tumblr. It was, it was pretty good. I never finished it though. I think it went off the air. Um, yeah, I've seen an episode here and there and it's cute. Like it's it's cute in the same way that like Adventure Times. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's nice Very if you like had a long day, smoke a little weed, turn on Steven Universe. It's like a-, like a You got yourself an evening. All right, let's do the third and final scenario. Katy Perry releases the song Electric 
as part of Pokemon's 25th anniversary campaign. The music video stars her and Pikachu. Does the governor need to be called? Oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah to this one. Someone yeah. please call the governor. I'm Katy Perry and Pokemon? What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's you know, Pokemon is one that I never I kind of missed the boat on Pokemon growing up. I, yeah. I had all sisters and all that stuff, but um then I tried watching, so my mom is living at home for a little while during like the early pandemic. Um, as I think so many of us were when we mm -hmm. thought it was going to be like four weeks long. Right. <laughs> um, and my mom got really into just like watching anything that our local newspaper had suggested, which really ran the gamut from like, um, just like anything you think of. And one of them was like Detective Pikachu. She was like, Susan, I want to watch Detective Pikachu. So right. Like, hey, I'll help you find this, but you're not going to understand anything that's going on because neither of us know jack shit about Pokemon. <laughs> watched it and we're like, yeah, I don't understand what's happening here. Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu, but also his, his dad? Yeah, the dad is Pikachu. Dad is possessing Pikachu? Which, to know. be fair, I'm a big Pokemon head and that twist did not make sense to me either, knowing oh what God. I know about how limited the lore of these games are like i'm unfortunately still i still play pokemon actively basically every day in some form like especially pokemon go which i use as my pedometer for my distance running but oh um <laughs> yeah it's a great way to track distance and mileage <laughs> but um and also hatch some eggs while you're doing it but where do you stand with katie perry in 2021 because that to me is the tougher question yeah that's the thing i mean I guess the Katy Perry and Pokemon connection isn't that way. Like, she's already, I think, been associated with so much random shit. Like, remember the Katy Perry <laughs> Simlish? Yes, that, that iconic video. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, incredible stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, Katy Perry is like similar to Demi Lovato in my mind. Where I'm just like, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um, like it's just been a while. Like I loved Katy Perry back in the day. It's just been a while. I think since she had us new song that i thought was good but maybe this pokemon one will change my mind i don't know maybe this is it maybe this is the song itself is like very kind of textbook bubblegum pop Katy perry which is like definitely my preferred mode for her like that stuff that she released like when we were seniors in college that was all like purposeful pop or whatever yeah. but then it was like swish swish that to me does not oh move know. the needle for me that much like but teenage dream is just the best song ever. So you're saying that the governor needs to be called on Katy Perry. Hopefully Pikachu does not think, get okay. accosted here. Yeah, maybe maybe don't call the governor, but someone needs to like stage an intervention and be like, Katie, are you okay? Like, yeah. like Pikachu? Just go it, back to what you were doing before. It was fine. It was, yeah, it was fine enough, I guess. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Susan, what cultural emergency are you bringing to the table this week? The cultural emergency I would like to address today is the inevitable imminent return of the like 2010s and the fact that I don't think they should come back. No. <laughs> I'm, I fear the return of the 2010s and that's what I would like to address today because we talked about this a little bit before the show started, but um, 
you know, it just, this, the cycle of culture is always, you know, recycling. And we saw kind of a nineties resurgence. We're kind of having a little Y2K moment right now and that's all fine and good. Um, but the 2010s specifically, like when we were in like middle school and early high school, um, I think we can just skip most of that. Like, I don't think we need to, <laughs> I don't think we need to relive that. And maybe that's just a personal opinion, but that's my, my take. I 100% agree with you specifically the the period after 2014 and onward I think when we were in college it was cultureless in a way that I don't think or not even cultureless just like the culture was so bad and we kind of didn't realize it even when we were in it and then Trump came along and yeah. things really went to shit yeah but what does it what do the 2010s mean to you like what are some signifiers that you always associate with it so I Okay, because I've been thinking about this a little bit over the past few weeks, because like we were saying earlier, I, I don't know if we said this on the air or not, but um, I think everyone during the pandemic has kind of regressed a little bit back to like their comfort items and media. Um, and also just because we've gotten so bored that you, you kind of start to be like, oh yeah, whatever happened to this person? Like, okay, um, some musical artists that we have rediscovered in my apartment in the past few months. Ellie Goulding, mm-hmm. Macklemore. Um, who, for, remember Macklemore? Remember yeah. how I, I used to listen to the heist constantly, and I listened to it again the other day, and I was like, "Oh, this is really bad. <laughs> like, oh, it's not good. It's so bad." Like, I, so I unfortunately was on the Macklemore train a little early, against my will, forcibly to be sure, because as a as a member of a high school cross country team in 2010 and 2011, like all the team captains were getting music from a true cesspool called thissongissick.com. Oh um, my God, I forgot about that. Yep, that that was the culture for like that period. And they were all so obsessed with Macklemore. They would play like his early like blog hits, not even like the like thrift shop or whatever shit that we had to endure for like a, that weird two-year period um so yeah I always associate that with kind of the worst of that era but I Ellie Golding on the other hand though is like very tumblr pop in a way yeah. that like I still really Actually, unironically you know, I, enjoy. I shouldn't have brought her up because I am fine with Ellie Golding yeah resurgence and that whole style of music like okay anything could happen a whole song I, incredible and she makes it work it's so good um okay but other okay the one that really set me down this hole was remembering the song like a g6 Mm -hmm. um, with far east movement first of all whatever happened to them yeah dev and the cataracts it's the cataracts i think it's the cataracts (laughs) and i think that just like dev's entire aesthetic kind of sums up what i'm the, the aesthetic that I fear the return of of just like really like glittery smoky eyes and yeah. like enormous sunglasses and just kind of studded everything and I don't know yeah or, or just I uh oh oh my god and last night my roommate was trying to show me some video and she was like oh my god it's a smosh video do you remember smosh no I don't what or, can like, you remind me but just their haircuts 
were so like these like scene haircuts for yeah people. we don't need to do that again no we don't like the hair in that period was so like scene meets slacks bro like it was so like I mean, I'm definitely pot calling the cut on black because my hair is longer than it's ever been right now. But like, it's so, it was like Zac Efron meets like Panic at the Disco kind of in a way that in there was a lot of like, I mean, it was like the shutter shades paired with like, you would have your roots out five inches, but just the tip was like very angularly dyed, like a certain color. Like, yeah. Though I will say I like I actually kind of like Dev and I think like a G6 oh, holds that. up pretty well. Like that sort of electro clashy stuff works well. And I, I mean, maybe it's good that this era sort of passed everyone by, but that like bratty white female rapper era that like gave birth to Iggy Azalea. It's literally the 10 year anniversary today on the day we're recording this of Gucci Gucci coming out for the, like, which really? I once again, historic day, but wow. like, I mean, that song was so indicative, I think, of, like, the entire culture at that point. I guess, okay, I need to be more, more specific. The, the music, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. come right back. it's great. The, the, the fashion and, like, hair and makeup, I think, oh, for, say, no, for sure. That's, like, that's the caveat, I think, for me. I think Gucci Gucci, honestly, the song and the music video is such, like, a textbook signifier for all that, because, it really encapsulates the that early 2010s mentality where everyone was very strenuously rejecting like luxury goods brand signifiers because it was I guess post-recession so ever I mean there was such a proliferation of like American apparel stuff like I feel like I knew I first learned what H&M was in like 2010 yeah like everyone was wearing that instead of actually springing for nicer stuff and I think also like that plus, I think it's easy to forget that the hipster movement and the like the Bushwick Brooklyn movement kind of arose yeah. out of that early time period too, which was very like consciously anti-materialist, like crust punky. Oh no, we're going to see the return of hipsters. I don't know how, I, I feel like that has not left though. Like I went to go pick up, um, on a Wednesday night at 5.30, mind you, I went to go pick up food from my local Taiwanese place. And this couple was there. The guy was in what can only be described as a cowboy grout fit. Like oh gray God. hat, gray bandana, gray jacket, gray shirt, gray pants, and gray cowboy boots, which like for all my Texans out there, that's kind of like, not to gender it, a lady boot color. So I was shocked, but his, his, partner his female partner was also there in a floor length fuchsia peacoat and I was like this mind you 5 30 on a Wednesday afternoon I was like you guys are doing a lot for the hipster movement just by being <laughs> there. <laughs> that's a I don't even know if that's hip that's just its own thing I wish I could have seen this man I think oh, I kind of want a cowboy grout fit <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was like he was like six three and like thin as a rail. So like clothes, any clothes just like look good on you when you're you have those proportions. But I was like, this is it definitely felt like a hipster throwback. Like it is something that like Fred Armisen would have made the fun of to like see that. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think people will start 
I don't know, carrying around like water bottles and stickers and stuff with just like mustaches on them. Oh, oh my God. Like yeah. that was the, the truly the worst, like just put a mustache on a culture, like, and it was always the same mustache, too, like the handlebar, like yeah. twirly ends one, which is like not a mustache. I would say 99.9% of the population can actually pull off. Much less grow. Much less grow. I mean, like you have to buy product to get that. Yeah, I think that a lot of, I was talking to my roommate about this yesterday. I think that a lot of like the 2010s, because we were talking about like kind of classic YouTube videos, which I think Mm -hmm. is a, a unique experience to people like around our age, like within two or three years of our age because it was like the rise of YouTube and like short form video content that you could watch over and over again, but there just wasn't that much of it out there. So we had all seen the same like 30 or 40 videos and and like just knew all the same stuff. Like I remember when I used to unironically watch Shane Dawson yeah I mean I I had a face with him and I had a face with like early Jeffree Star too as like a closeted high school teen I was like this is gay representation (laughs) but like and I mean obviously now knowing what we know now that that has aged like milk but like no you you make an interesting point about how YouTube was this like monolithic cultural entity and like sorry the last gasp of that because like even like tv and film were was sort of like that too like we were all watching the same shows we were all watching the same movies and theaters and now like there's so much content out there that not everyone is watching the same thing although I was thinking about this and I would I was like oh is there anything that like everyone in your high school class knows the same thing that you do anymore now that there's so much content and I think it's tiktok sounds yeah. Um, I think it's like TikTok trends, right? People will be like, like I work with teenagers and sometimes they'll make some reference and they'll be like, oh, like it's a TikTok trend. It's a TikTok sound. I'm like, okay, this is your like universal cultural experience is like right. things that are trending on TikTok. Do we think that TikTok is the new YouTube in that sense? And this is like, TikTok is weirdly the harbinger of 2010s. Wow. TikTok, well, TikTok is like <sighs> I said, I work with teenagers, so I've got a right. little bit of a finger on the pulse. And TikTok is where everything is at right now. Like, you know, before that, it was maybe Instagram. Before that, like Facebook, YouTube, whatever. But like, yeah. it's all TikTok. Because like a year ago, um, I was really, so my students had taken the PSAT. Maybe this is a little more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, how did it go? Were there any good memes? Because as you may remember from back when we were in high school, following any big standardized test, there's a bunch of really good memes. Right. <laughs> uh, although that's just gotten bigger with, you know, they're all on Twitter and Instagram now. It's like, were there any good memes on Twitter? And she just looked at me with the derision that only a Twitter oh. can have. It was like, uh, Twitter, they're all on TikTok now. Oh my God. Oh, I'm a fool. But eventually oh my- I, uh, with the guidance of my Zoomer sister and my Zoomer roommate, I got on TikTok and I feel like now I'm, you're all caught up on those PSAT memes. <laughs> well, and just all the memes. Honestly, yeah. most of them, a lot of them are pretty stupid. But the beautiful thing about TikTok is it gets so personalized to you. 
we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yes, because for the for the listener, it's important context to know that I actually just made my very first and only TikTok account yesterday. Welcome. It's it's an inscrutable platform. <laughs> I find it, it a little getting used to. Yeah, it definitely though I have um I feel like I glommed onto the accounts I already knew were good from them just like filtering through to Twitter. So like I'm all caught up to speed on like Angel Mommy and Doja Cat's Twitter or TikTok is fire. Everyone already knows this. Like Azalea Banks, <laughs> one of the two horsemen of this podcast, along with Demi Lovato, has a fire TikTok <laughs> as well. Like it's good to, I'm glad that I'm on it. Um, the idea of like creating my own content is what's more daunting. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to mess with that. Um, I'm just trying to stay up on, on what's trending. I am so glad you mentioned Angel Mommy because she's also what prompted me to finally download TikTok yeah. like six months ago or however long it was, where I was like, okay, I need to get this straight from the source. I can't be relying on Twitter for this. Well, she feels like a very, um, a very conscious throwback actually taking it back to like the 2010s like she seems like a very clear student of like the tim and eric school of comedy like the really class huh do you think it's intentional i think she knows what she's doing i don't know how you would not know what she's doing she's just really because those videos are so like deliberately off kilter in a way that like I don't think human beings could talk like that. Like the New York, there was a New York Times article about her last year, um, right when she was blowing up the first wave. Like, I feel like she's having a resurgence again recently. They described what she does as hateful kabuki, which is, I cannot think of any better description for what she does. Hateful kabuki. That's incredible. It, like it is just like this facsimile like it's a facsimile of human behavior translated into another language google translated back That's exactly it and performed by aliens like it's but like it does feel very like adult swimmy in a nice way too like there's definitely a through line from like too many cooks to angel mommy there is i guess what's part of what's kind of delicious about it to me is that you can never quite tell whether it's intentional or not. It's interesting to me that you're falling firmly on the side of like, it's intentional. Yeah. Maybe at this point it is, but I feel like in her earlier videos, I was like, I think that this is just actually like how she talks and what she thinks is but like, she's an alien. <laughs> Angel mommy is an alien, a benevolent alien. A truly benevolent, like one of the best content creators in many years to pop up to like, it, and it, I mean, there, you know, the life of a content creator is so sh- cyclical and short lived too. like a lot of the 2010s people that we liked are just not either completely destabilized or just like not really around anymore, except for, I guess, the people who popped up in the mid to late 2010s, like Trisha Paytas is still oh my God. kicking my, one of my problematic faves, unfortunately, but well, they're all, I mean, with the internet, it's like, everybody's still kicking, you know, if you go yeah. and check, like, some, whoever's, like, Instagram account, or, Twitter, like, everyone's still around, a lot of them are just kind of forgotten, Right. But yeah, people like Trisha Paytas staying relevant for, like, 10 years, like, good for them, honestly. It's, it's girl boss behavior is what it is. <laughs> 
this and I, I celebrate it. Um, what are some other things from the 2010s that you like truly dread? Like to me, I, I mean, I do think a lot of like, I do think through the lens of music a lot just because that is like my right. profession and like my greatest interest in life. But like, I do think that like Coachella culture, festival culture and mm. chain smokers culture scares me a lot. But like, I guess we can just boil it down to flower crown culture. Yes. I think this is kind of in tandem with like hipsters, like we were talking yeah. about. Just everyone in the identical like shredded shorts and like crochet shirt and the flower crown and closer by the chain smokers. Oh, yeah, that that to me is like the, I mean, beyond like, I don't really want to talk about Trump on this podcast, but like I, beyond like that whole thing, that whole thing I say, um, the chain smokers to me is like the nadir of 2010s culture. Like just that like clumpy dompy EDM music. And like that it like really gave rise to so many like bro imitators and like, I mean, just bro culture, this like very weird, like Jimmy Tatro bro culture that like spawned out of that, like that yeah. I don't. I think the chain smokers also kind of, cause I, I guess I, I kind of got plugged on the chain smokers pretty early before they yeah. started to blow up. And I think they kind of followed a trend that a lot of artists in the 2010s did of like their earlier music, even if it wasn't super good, was at least like creative. Like I liked some of their like early remixes mm -hmm. and then their original music. I feel like they just figured out what went viral and then just like kept doing that over and over and over again. And I think that's kind of been the trend, or at least in that time period of like people just being like, oh, okay, this is what goes viral. I'm just going to keep recreating this song. Yeah. Ad nauseum. Yeah, exactly. And like, to be fair, that's a pretty normal trajectory yeah. for a lot of artists. Like, I'm sure if you go back and listen to like Teenage Dream, a lot of those songs kind of have the same bubblegum formula and structure. Like they're a little different in that the melody is different, but like, I mean, formula is not new to pop music. That's it's true. I just, um, I think maybe it's also a byproduct of us being in college when like the chain smokers really had their like commercial yeah. week that like we just saw so much like glassy eyed bobbing up and down to shit like that, that it's just like, it's hard to separate the songs from like the listeners almost. Remember, let me take a selfie. <laughs> like that. I no, I I can't I'm sorry I can't get behind that either like that there was that like novelty EDM boom though uh from that time period so it kind of makes sense that remember that song like we know speak Americano or whatever oh that was like bop, 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 like that or like I'm an albatross like selfie is like in that pantheon and that's not good either but at least yeah. that, there was like a point of view there like I'm not really sure that there was ever a point of view with like closer and yeah that's true the remixes i don't know yeah. it's kind of i i guess it's also hard to be objective about the 2010s right that i don't like 
just because so many of them are tied to like rough memories from like high school and right. early college, you know what I mean? But it's kind of like every generation has to deal with that too. Like yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are like frothing at the mouth right now that Y2K is coming back and they like got bullied in high school while like Intuition by Jewel is playing, you know? It's not, yeah. everyone has to deal with that. I just am like, I just objectively think so much of that culture was, it was too vibey or like too much a direct response to everyone being stressed out about politics. I'm like, why would, there are so many things from this like that you would never want to revisit. It was very mindless and yeah, just everything the same. And uh, yeah, I'm just having like horrible <laughs> flashbacks of like Tumblr and like, remember those like 3D glasses, people would pop the lenses out. To oh, and awful. Mustaches on everything and no, I bangs, my side bangs before high school. I was on a big like pop out lenses and side bangs journey a few weeks ago. I was watching early seasons of Vanderpump Rules, which like <laughs> start it's that just started in 2013. So it's actually a pretty good time capsule from like that weird like post hipster like I guess kind of right in the thick of the Tumblr era. It is kind of like right in the thick of the Tumblr era where like all these people are like trying out these like festival like boho styles just because it's like you see pictures of it and like nothing's really working I don't know yeah that's a, it's a hard look to pull off I think yeah just because it's also it's also so like I mean for as much like anti-luxury stuff that there was during that time period and like especially like the post-recession 2010s like all the you get those clothes from the same three stores over and over again so you're just buying like the same outfit that everyone else is like I feel like for better or worse right now fashion has diversified itself again yeah in a way that feels very like conscientious towards like consumer product dynamics yeah we're getting into microeconomics on this (laughs) (laughs) crisis um when you think people from the 2010s who do you usually think of Oh boy. Um, well, because we were talking about hair just now, the one that sprang to my mind was Shailene Woodley because she pulled yes. off the side bangs in a way that nobody else at, like could ever touch. Um, oh my gosh, let's see who else from the 2010s. I love Shailene as your first answer too, because she was such like a 2010s it girl that also represented like she like eats clay she's a freaking like she really yeah. represented a lot of like the goopy wellness that like really sprung up last decade yeah um oh my gosh let's see who else from the 2010s i mean Mac- macklemore <laughs> <laughs> Mac- no macklemore for sure <laughs> i my, weirdly the first person i thought of was jennifer lawrence yes Oh my God. Yeah. Kind of like the last, I mean, stone. I, I'm a stone. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you can make a pretty good argument that those two are like the last two movie stars that we have. And they yeah. like, own. I mean, they're still, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence has been like kind of quiet recently, but those two like owned the 2010s. Oh my God. Easy A. That's the 2010s. In yeah. Movie. Such a good movie. Like one of my absolute favorite comedies from that decade too and there aren't a lot of them when you go back and really think about it like 
off the top of my head, I can only think of that 21 Jump Street. I think oh. Bridesmaids is also technically 2010 and Spy is really good too. But like, I think those are the only ones I can think of that like. Those were the only four movies that were made. The <laughs> only four movies. <laughs> that, that and like the Avengers 1 through 22 were all made oh in the same decade. It is Wait, weird like, to think. Thinking about starting WandaVision, but I'm like, I don't have the patience to sit through all 20 Avengers movies. No, that's been the same barrier for entry for me too. Like, it's crazy to think that they did actually make all like, I think it is like actually 22 or 23 movies. They made them all within a seven or eight year span in the 2010s. Cause the Avengers came out in 2012. Like it hasn't even been 10 years since that movie came out. Oh my God, really? Yeah. I definitely, that's like, a. I mean, the Marvelfication of culture has definitely like, that's not even just like 2010s, like revivalism. Like that's just a trend that's never going away. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Yeah. But, Everything's a, a remake or a sequel. So how but, can we? See, oh. you know, since we've had like Taylor resurgence and nikki resurgence maybe i'm okay with this in some context but oh yeah well that's i mean that's the essential hypocrisy of like nostalgia mining it's like okay when people i like do it it's yeah. totally fine <laughs> but like um no i like i definitely don't need to see like a 10-year reissue of like same love by macklemore oh, like i don't need to i don't need like hoodie allen to release like his like his, like the full box set or whatever <laughs> you know like that's not nothing I need yeah I agree can you can you Matt can you imagine <laughs> Twitter if Malcolm Moore re-released Same Love can you imagine an updated version that just like includes I don't know I mean like I'll, I'll give him I'll give him this Same Love was pretty inclusive um I was actually talking about this with a friend yesterday like until um Lil Nas X's like Call Me By Your Name came out earlier this year. It was the only song I think in 20 years to actually mention gay people from like that, like a gay man from a gay man's perspective, even though it is a straight man singing it. Like it's the only song that mentions gay men besides Call Me By Your Name. So in that way, he deserves a GLAAD award. Yeah. Trailblazer. My my favorite joke is when people are like, Macklemore didn't die for this. He didn't, he didn't. Uh, so how how do you think we can like stave off this trend or like fix this emergency? Mm. I think Good it's kind of hard. Yeah, it, it feels inevitable and mostly I'm just afraid. I think, uh, I can only hope that like the youth of today have good enough taste and are individualistic enough to not want to return to that kind of like. Yeah. I don't know, monolithic, throw a mustache on it, chain smokers era. But um, I don't know. I just hope they can learn from our mistakes because otherwise I don't think there's any stopping it. I don't think there's any stopping it either. I think like the best thing you can do is just kind of lean in and hope that they like cherry pick the good trends. Like I honestly, I mean, to the extent that like Instagram and TikTok are not already sort of a new, a quote unquote, like new Tumblr. Like, I feel like there is actually room for a new social media platform that is basically just a redux of what Tumblr used to be, like curated, 
vibes, like lifestyle collages, like that isn't centered just around like people themselves, if that makes sense. Like yeah. not like front facing content, I guess. But like Instagram is almost that, or it could have been headed that way, but now they're just very much like sales and like yeah it's all it's all sales and branding on there right now like I think they've made a really conscious decision not to have like like the lifestyle curation visually is now like a material thing yeah and Pinterest is for moms so like that's not gonna fly with Gen Z what's bizarre about Instagram to me though is like the way that people just because it's the aesthetic of the platform I guess to everything centered around like brands and sales is that people will almost set themselves up as though they are like a brand account but like it's just trisha from high school you know (laughs) it's just trisha Trisha high school she has like 200 followers but she's like written this whole blog posty caption and like tagged the hotel she's staying at and it's like who is this for no and then like you're looking for like the like paid partnership tag or hashtag ad and it's like no you just really want the this hotel to like notice you like which is sad it's a business yeah it's one thing to be like a pick me for like like some hot person I don't know not like I don't want like the Ramada in the like notice me you know like that's that's a little crazy to me but I guess I mean that sort of is like I feel like we we touch on this point in every episode of this podcast but like social media is such like a at the end of the day it is kind of like a democracy in which like everyone gets their own like platform and voice but that also gives people such an ego and such a sense of entitlement about how like people notice their things or like how other accounts other people interact with their stuff like it's like you post something like that like trying to get the Ramada to notice you expecting that they will yeah and that's that's no good to me yeah I just I I agree I think we need a new tumblr or a new something that is about you know it can be pretentious and about aesthetics or whatever but like it's just not about I I don't want to constantly be being sold something no absolutely and I think recycling aesthetics especially on just like a removed digital space like that seems like the best avenue for people to like parse through and work out the best and worst signifiers from like whatever the inevitable like 2010s revival wave is. Although now I feel like a hypocrite saying that I don't want to be sold something because we were just talking about how much I love my Instagram. <laughs> oh no, I mean, if, if someone tried to sell me some shutter shades like tomorrow, I'd buy five. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for advertising, but anyway not on every platform anyway not on every platform but all right i think it's time to move on to our final segment we're gonna play tear the community apart okay the rules are simple i have picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better sounds easy right okay okay i have a pretty hard hard selection oh today. boy so we have known each other since basically the first day of freshman year of college in 2013. Yep, dorm dorm mates since then. I just got a pushed Facebook uh, memory the other day for your long deceased futon. Um, oh my God, RIP. RIP to like a true legend. Um, literally carrying all of us on its back. <laughs> like, 
um doing the most but anyway um so the two songs that you have to choose from today are freshman year party playlist staples true unassailable pop hits both from former disney actresses slash singers slash models slash multi-hyphenates which song is better we can't stop by miley cyrus or come and get it by selena gomez we can't stop it's gotta be yeah i mean no hate to selena but i mean we can't stop it we run things things don't run we right also that right oh the music video was that was like I honestly like I definitely I'm glad that like outrage over twerking seems to be that's been left in the 2010s like I don't think we're cycling back to that though I guess that was like in a way sort of like a progenitor to cancel culture but I think I agree with you on this one too I do think that come and get it is maybe a better song in and of itself but we can't stop it's just like it's it's the moment it's the moment. It's it was moment. so fun that moment when Miley was like being like, I'm grown up, I'm done with Disney, and just kind of being like crass for the sake of being crass. Yeah. Like that was so fun. It was and she she did it in like two stages too. Cause like that era, like the bangers era, which is I think still her best one. Like I like her album from last year a lot too, but like bangers just is it's a way better album than you remember it being. And like everyone listening should go back and check it out again. Um, that era was her like crass, but like also like appropriatively black era. And then like two years later, she did like her like flaming lips, like dead pets, like wild, like on every drug, like wild child ayahuasca crass She's era. Been through every possible. Yeah. yeah. It's now her new stuff is all like, oh my God, I'm settling down. But it's also like kind of, well, yeah, I mean, like Malibu era was very much like wifed up Miley. And then like the minute she got out of that, she like went back to, well, I mean, it's not even the same like sound though. Like it's like this very 80s throwback rock stuff. That's a good fit for her. But like, it is interesting that she's, someone could write a thesis about how an artist who literally got her big break playing two different like you know sensitive sweet girl by night like pop star by day has never done the same era or like theme twice yeah she's stepped into so many different styles and made them all work which is pretty impressive i think yeah for the uh yeah i i mean i don't love like her wifed up era boring. but i think most pop stars like wifed up or like marriage albums in general are like pretty boring by and large like I thought the Katie not to dunk on Katy Perry for the 15th time this episode but like, <laughs> the most recent Katy Perry album was like borderline unlistenable to me just because it was so like I love my husband music and I'm like I don't I want you to sing Peacock I don't want you to sing like about how much you love Orlando Bloom that's what new Justin Bieber all feels like to me yes all like I love Jesus I love my wife I love having sex with my wife. That's it's, it. When he and Chance the Rapper linked up, I was like, oh, this is literally like the Yalta summit for, <laughs> for wife guy music. <laughs> like it's, it's truly like 
I don't know. I uh, like, I think there isn't a lot of like that sort of like bratty crassness anymore. Like, I think you could also make a pretty good through line that like from Gucci Gucci to the bangers era, like, I feel like there's actually a lot of overlap there. And even our like most, our biggest pop stars right now are not doing that kind of like brash, like in your face, confrontational kind of stuff. Like even Selena Gomez, like Come and Get It is like a much more like tasteful song, I think in a lot of ways, but even that is about like, you know, coming and getting it. (laughs) Like use her words, her words. Oh, Selena. Are you a big Selena fan or are you like? I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm not a reluctant Selena fan anymore. It's like I, 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 I'm an adult now, so I don't believe in guilty pleasures, you know? Oh, absolutely. No such thing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I, I appreciate a Selena song for what it is. Yeah. I think she's like an, an okay singer with a really good team. Um, Definitely that. Her songs are very listenable. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing bad to say about Selena Gomez. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely agree with all that. I... I think she has some very good singles and I kind of always forget how much I like her when like an old song comes on on shuffle I'm like oh like handsome myself is fucking rad like come and get it is fucking rad like what I do I don't find her as compelling though I guess as Miley I didn't mean to turn this into a referendum on like Miley versus Selena writ large because that's a losing battle but yeah uh, what's the one Selena song that's so horny where she's like, oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Yeah, she's literally like soft cooing. Yeah, whole... I like that one. That's oh, yeah, one. no, it's good. That whole album's really good, actually. That came out, um, I guess, 2015. And yeah. I that album holds up really well. Like, all the singles from that are really good. But, all right, well, this has been so much fun. Susan, where can people find you? Um, <laughs> in my apartment. Um, <laughs> Let's see online. I am on Twitter at slangpie, S L A N G P I E, uh, and the same on Instagram. Although that one's a private account, so you might have to you'll have to pass the test. <laughs> um, I think I'm the same thing on TikTok, although I haven't really posted any videos, so there's nothing to see there. But yeah, you're the first the guest to promote their TikTok, which is. I mean, I, a landmark I, day. I wish I almost hadn't brought it up because there's nothing to promote <laughs> there. Well, I'm unfortunately about to do the same thing. Like my, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and TikTok now. Unfortunately, at Drew Haskins, um, with Z's instead of S's. You can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z. And as always, subscribe to CulturePig.substack.com for weekly cultural misses about anything and everything it's very fun and you guys should join the 700 people strong community over there <clears throat> not to brag because that's not even that big but um it's not it's no grant glenn greenwald numbers i'll say that but um <laughs> until next time thanks everyone thanks thank you again me. yeah no truly like what a delight to do this so this so fun all right bye everyone bye like what you just heard Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.